welcome to another episode of the Legacy Investing Podcast. I'm Nate Niesler and I'm joined as always by my good friend Josh. Hey mate, how are we doing? I'm very well, man. How are you? Legendary. Yeah, I'm going well. You're fresh off the uh, non-snowy slopes of New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, as a you know, for, for New Zealand, it was a pretty warm New Zealand trip, unfortunately, but it was still amazing. We got in some bungee jumping. We still got to swim in some really cold waters, which was amazing. A bit different to the yeah. ice bath, so... Yeah, no, it sounds like you missed out a bit. They might um, actually typically the snow season is a little bit later, but uh, you did say it was open. Yeah, they were meant to be opening the week we got there, but a lot of them had to push back. You could see all the um, the snow. I guess they they pumped snow onto the mountains basically when there's not enough mm. up there, and you could just see them going the whole time, and and then nothing eventuating from it, it just kept melting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. mate. Uh, also, I think we should just uh, quickly touch on this week uh crypto again bitcoin smashed at the yeah. beginning of the week old china said no deal and um they're uh yeah it just got hammered down to was it thirty thousand us yeah it went down 30 back up to 34 back down to 32 what do you do yeah. can't follow it <laughs> it's got to happen the regulation will come in from local governments i think there might be more but i can't i can't get a read on it and yeah, i don't understand it very well but yeah pretty volatile no, don't understand it. I can't see an intrinsic value in it, so I don't really understand yep. it. <laughs> All right, let's move on then. So, mate, tonight we are going to be looking at, I guess, de-risking um, potentially shares that we have already bought or businesses that we've already bought in our portfolios uh, and having a look and sort of going over those um, with a different viewpoint, I guess, or, or reassessing those. But also, you know, how do we avoid buying dud companies and so we thought we'd we've come up with a bit of a list of, of ways and things to have a look at there so we, we we're going to do that tonight and um made anything quickly to, to tip us off there i'll throw you under the bus a bit um but we do have our own sort of checklist and um you know most of the listeners if they've listened to a few of the earlier episodes uh will know that we have an initial uh dive that, uh, and a few numbers that we can go through and we'll, we'll talk about them tonight but um yeah, there's a few other big factors there that we can look at, but yeah, anything quickly off the top of your head? Yeah, for for me, like personally, um, the quickest filter is to just look at the numbers, and I know you know numbers usually come last, but uh, numbers always tell a story. And if your company is not making money, or if it's not growing at a decent growth rate, say ten percent, or it's got a, a heck load of debt, you just don't look at it because it's not worth mm. it. It's not worth your time mm. because you know it's not going to be a legacy investing company. I think when you're talking about, um, you know, not looking at the numbers first, but you're talking about the share price there, but what you're talking about in terms of um, numbers to quickly look over, and I'm, I'm a bit the same. I like to look at a couple of quick numbers. And for me, return on equity is a big one. We, we definitely yep. want something that's, um, you know, uh, you know, around minimum of 10% a year. Minimum. Return on equity. We, I think you are the same, like to look at debt as well. Yeah. Um, and anything else? You the quick numbers that you just go, yeah. Oh. Yep. Quick numbers. So top line sales and revenue. Uh, you know, bottom line net income. If they're not growing, yeah. you you ideally want the net income to be. You know, you want you want good margins. So you, you yeah. want to be looking at margins. You want to see all of that growing nicely. You want to see equity growing nicely and cash because at the end of the day, you know, cash is king. So if if you got all good numbers, but you got no cash, it's kind of pointless, isn't it? So, mm. um, yeah, I want to see those numbers all positive and all bigger than what they were last year. 
nice. Yeah, I do like looking at the uh, the numbers quickly, and it's it's easy when you see the a company that maybe is not performing and showing those good numbers. You can just put a line through it. You know, you know, if you're investing like we are, uh, legacy style, you you can just put a, a line through it. Or if it's interesting, like we did a Tyro uh, initial dive earlier on, you can put it on the watch list. But um, yeah, you know, it's it's not worthy of a deeper dive. Not yet, no. And uh, if you really like the company, and but it's got crap numbers, and yeah, you just put it in the, you know, I'll come back to it in a year or so. So, mate, um, what we really want to do is really, if, if you're if you're getting about fifteen percent per annum, that that's about a, a double, or, or your wealth will increase four times every ten years. Twenty percent is about six times every ten years. But what can greatly impact, you know, that fifteen or twenty percent per annum we are trying to achieve? Is having these, you know, dud companies um, in, in our portfolios. So it's good to have some filters. We talked about some of those number ones there. But um, one thing that we can look at is if management, and we've talked about, you know, Charlie's four principles earlier on. Um, and I'll implore people to go back to, um, you know, go back and have a listen to the earlier episodes there about understanding a business. But you know, management is is so important in businesses. If if management does something stupid with money, that's that's a red flag. You know, exactly. If they're yep. if they're treating it in a way that is not congruent with us as the investor, then it's it's. Do you trust them? If you don't trust them with your money, why would you trust them with the company you're buying? Mm. So that's that's one of the points we've come up with. You know, management. You know, if they are doing something stupid. <laughs> with the money um a number of ways this can happen is if management uh you know can get seduced into um expanding the business faster you know due to maybe you know fomo or, or market demand so if, yeah. if the management goes oh we need to probably speed things up and accelerate faster than they had anticipated that that's one way that management might do something silly um other ways are acquiring a competitor um, or they move outside their area of competence as a business. Um, they might push into international uh, businesses that they're not used to, and and or take on debt, you know, excessive debt. Um, are there any other ones that you can think of in no, regards to like management doing silly things? I'm glad you brought up debt there. Um, debt's just like like we've talked about a number of times. Debt's a killer, and I would say like management um, manipulating. I think I've mentioned this in a previous episode too. Managing. Uh, Manipulating earnings per share um, mm. through like share buybacks and stuff, especially when the company's well overvalued, like that's that's poor capital management as well. So that's probably one I'd add. Mate, why would why would management do that? And this this will lead into one of our other points here. But why would management, um, you know, do buybacks, you know, at an inflated price to to help with earnings per share? Yeah, because if earnings per share goes up, it makes them look better, and they get a little pay rise. So that comes to one of our points. Remuneration causes management to act against the best interests of the shareholders. So in, in the remuneration report, if it is, um, well, you might be able to explain this one better. So the remuneration report um, could be determined by certain KPIs. Yeah, for sure. So if, if it's linked to earnings per share, then, then they have every incentive to inflate it because it makes their pay go up. Or, you know, if if the company is getting bigger, but the earnings or the sales aren't growing, 
Um, it's just the company is expanding and they're getting paid more because of that. that that's, that's a big red flag as well. You, you really want things to be linked to net income or, you know, proper things that make the company a better company, not just certain statistics. That mm. makes sense. So in, in that case, to de-risk our um, potential of buying uh, these, you know, a dud business, um, we can read the remuneration report and see how the CEOs are or, or the directors are incentivized. Yeah, definitely. And you can find all that in the annual report, if not mm. the pro proxy report or just, yeah, control F everything. Yeah. <laughs> Google. So really we're wanting it. Yeah, we want their remuneration to be determined by the performance of the business, um, profits, earnings, not necessarily, um, you know, those other, you know, a business might grow, but are their earnings and their profits growing? That, yeah. That's a key thing to look at. Yeah, for sure. Another point, mate, uh, management, you know, really good management. So we could have a, a nice company in our portfolio, but if great management leaves, what do we do if they retire? Yeah, well, I guess um, you got a few options. Like, you know, do you think the next person's going to do the same job? You can do a lot of research into how he or she has performed in the past. If you don't trust a new person, then I guess the story has changed and you sell the company. Yeah, I, I would have said, you know, we look at selling shares in a company um, if one of those sort of founding fathers, you know, a founding business owner, if they are exiting, and they're being replaced by, you know, a so-called professional uh, manager or a hired gun. I think you'd want to be looking at your portfolio and and assessing whether you want to remain in that business. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of de-risking from something like, uh, you know, a great manager retiring or leaving, is, um, you know, you you want to choose. You know, we like to choose businesses where the manager has some skin in the game, or, you know, a founder or a director or a CEO that you know puts a fair bit of their own wealth into that company because hey they're going to be acting hopefully you know they're going to act in their interest and they're going to act in our interest definitely i was going to say that uh you know if not financial skin in the game emotional skin in the game and that's you know somebody who's linked closely to the the company who's been a part of it who's been a part of its growth you want to see those people in charge yeah so another way <laughs> Another way to, that we want to be making sure that's not happening is, is managers are using shareholder funds in an untrustworthy way. You know, I guess this comes back to one of our earlier principles in early episodes is, is just understanding the business and, and having a dive into you know the management. You know, are, are they? You know, one way we can look at that is look at their track record. Uh, have they been trustworthy, or have they have a do they have a a, a record of doing silly things? Yeah, for sure. Like somebody in charge of a company like you know you think of i think i think with the thing that you sent me it's like uh if it's an employee you know they might be just you know taking a few pieces of stationery from the office here and there but if it's a somebody in charge of the business and they've got all the money at their helm you know they can do some pretty heinous things uh with our money um you, you really want somebody trustworthy there who's who's there for you not 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 for them they're there for them um, at, at some point you know, they're there yep. for a paycheck as well, but, you know, they work for us at the end of the day. Yeah, and, and that comes back. I mean, we can simplify this whole topic by just, under, you know, going back and researching and understanding the business and going through those four principles and looking at management and looking at their previous track records. And, and um, you know, again, you know, that, that owner who started the company, that's, that's a great way, a great starting um, 
starting. Yeah, uh, that also doesn't always work though, does it? Because you have just literally been telling me about a company where the, um, you know, it was a private company and the founding uh, CEO took it public and he was uh, turning it, sort of decreasing the earnings per share. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't so always happen. Not always, not always. Um, and that's just where you have to research it. Like this guy took the, uh, the company public and then he just felt the pressure of the financial world to, you know, mm. you know tick the boxes in, in the quarterly reports to, you know, make it look good in the short term and lost the long-term sight. And uh, yeah, it affected the company. That's actually one of the points. Is, is the, is that pressure come from sort of the investment bankers and, you know, the, you know, if you have a, a, if you have a board of directors that have 20 directors in the, you know, in the, <laughs> In the team yeah is that where some of that pressure comes from yeah definitely the people with the money is where you know people with the big, the big money is where most yeah. of the pressure is going to come from because you know if you got somebody saying look i'm going to take my money elsewhere if you don't tick these boxes you mm. know it, it does take a, a fair bit of balls to stand up and go uh yeah off you go i'll <laughs> i'll do it without you but mm. yeah it's um yeah some people are going to succumb to that pressure um and they're in the position to say no, you know, and if they're not saying no, then are they trustworthy? Yep. Great, mate. Um, major shifts in world events are another way that we can sort of zoom out and have a look at things and and make sure, you know, A, we don't buy into a business that um, we're going to regret um, or and B, um, we don't have one of those in our portfolio. But so a major shift in world events, economies, technology, or some sort of disruptive competition. We've seen that pretty recently um, in recent years. But, you know, I mean, technology is disrupting. Technology is disrupting technology. Yeah. It's kind of, you're getting, it's it's happening all the time at the moment. Yeah, yeah. That's where boring companies are good companies because if you, you know, if you're investing in a company that needs to destroy its last product to make its new product, better you know like phones and stuff like sure apple's a great company i always i like apple but at the end of the day with their iphones their iphone 10 is obsolete when the iphone 11 comes out and it's like you're continually destroying your product not destroying physically but you know destroying a, a previous product to make your new product um you know, that's a very volatile environment in my opinion when it comes to technology um, but yeah like i think warren buffett talks about you know, he doesn't understand computers, but he understands chewing gum and that's not going to change. So, <laughs> Chewing gum's not going to change no. for many more years. It, it, it is a tricky one though, um, understanding potentially what could be disrupted. You mentioned boring businesses. I mean, boring businesses are easy to run and it's a, you know, it's a, you know, a little bit harder, I guess, to, um, or a little bit easier to fix um, simple mistakes or, um, you know, like it's something like a trailer business, you know, an engineer of a trailer business, or um, Buffett has a bunch of them, doesn't he? Yeah, in his portfolio or yeah. businesses. Hundred um, percent. Then, you know, look, sees candy. It's it's making him more money every year than what he paid for it. So, yeah, was it sixty six million a year or something? Just dividend yeah. payouts or something, yeah. which is three times the amount he paid for it. I think didn't he pay twenty million for the company? Something like that. That's I, crazy. I can't remember the exact figures. Yeah, but. Um, it's a good one to look out for in this day and like currently with um, uh, all the technology, uh, crypto, all that sort of stuff. But um, that, that probably just comes back to understanding the business as well. For sure. And if um, at the end of the day, if you understand, you know, uh, a, a fast moving industry, 
more than most and you're you can put your hand on your heart and say you understand it and uh go for it like why not you understand it do it if it's if it's a good investment in your opinion it's a good investment do we have, i mean an easy example of a of a major shift or a world event is um you know, covid recently it's happened um to a you know many many different areas a2 milk being slammed um due to a, a major event and um you know, they're, they're now having to, uh, actually the A2 bill comes up in a few of our points here today, but, um, you know, new CEO and they're having to rejig their plan. So it'll be interesting to see whether they can execute this um, new plan over the next few years. And that's where we'll have to understand what they're doing and can they, can they execute? For sure. For sure. Yeah. A2 milk were, they're, they're pretty much the poster child of what was great. Now, what is, what is in trouble, isn't it? And you, you can pretty much follow their journey and, and uh, get a bit out of everything when it comes to what to do and what not to do. So it's good. Uh, another thing that, um, you know, how we not have duds in our portfolio is that we try not to buy, or we don't want to buy a business uh, when it is an insanely high PE ratio, because that's going to affect our our compounding returns over time. So yeah, a bit of FOMO might come in here and we we know a company well, we understand a company and the price is you know, high and we buy it. Yeah, it's, it's pointless, isn't it? Like the most amazing company is not worth an infinite price because, you know, stock market doesn't price things correctly barely 15, 20% of the time, let alone all of the time. And um, yeah, it just comes down to what you think it's worth and buying it at a discount. If it's not at a discount, then it can be the best company in the world, but don't buy it because you're not going to make money or as much money as what you plan on. Everything, you know, we always have events, always, um, you know, recessions, depressions. Like we've had a really, really long time now. And even the COVID recession wasn't really a very long recession. You know, that turned around super mm. quick. But, you know, it's been a long time since we've had a really decent correction. So mm. don't see, I still don't see it coming anytime soon because the environment is what it is. But it, when it comes to things being different this time, you know, something's coming. <laughs> yes. This is, this is a tricky one, mate, because everything's so expensive at the moment. This is a really good, um, you know, tri- or it's, a, it's really tricky to keep your you know, mind, you know, not, jumping in with FOMO and this is where I think having a, a really decent mindset and a really good set of um, I guess filters you know like you and I have it yep. sort of helps you to not make these mistakes yeah and patience is a virtue hey like if you can if you can win the patience game you're going to do well long term because you know a, a lot of people are making a lot of gains right now they really are and everybody could be jumping on that if they want to but like that's not sustainable forever. And mm. that's my opinion, just saying, but yeah, probably getting a bit off topic there. So, <laughs> yep. So, we, I mean, we obviously don't want to, we don't want to put one of these companies into our portfolio. It's going to crush our returns. Um, Longer term, you know, it will. Yeah, long term, it will. I mean, and it's just, you know, that's, that's coming back to understanding the valuation of a business. Um, if you're buying an insane, I mean, and valuations are huge at the moment, aren't they? It's, it's really, really hard to find anything that's, yeah considered cheap but even buffett says like low interest rates make valuations higher but yep. you know interest rates 
can't go any lower. They can only go one way eventually. So, mm. well, we saw a bit of a wobble uh, earlier in the week uh, when the Fed said they were going to increase interest rates twice in 2023. I think it was so a couple of years. So we we did see a bit of a decline in the um, particularly in the US markets overnight on uh, Friday last week, and we we're recording on the 24th of June. Yeah. Um, so. When that happens, mate, I think there could be some big shutters. Um, you know, where as it gets closer and we can really see that inflation coming up um, and interest rates do rise, and they will, um, we could see so, some things. So we definitely don't want to be paying a high PE. If I'm if I'm correct, uh, I, I can't remember if I'm 100 correct here, but I'm pretty sure one of the banks, Australian banks, just uh, raised its um, fixed fix, rates fixed rates because yeah. of that reason because they believe yep. that uh, interest rates would be rising in 2023. Yep. So it's going to be interesting. I mean, um, it's going to be a boatload of people who have just refinanced or you know taken on a mortgage for the next 30 years at, at price X or percentage X, and they're going to find it. It might end up. And look, we know if, it, if the Reserve Bank put it up, we know the banks are going to put it up, you know, straight away. They faster, take their, faster they take their time, more. they take their time putting it down, but they'll put it up before the Reserve does. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 definitely. So, yeah, a bit off topic, but all good. Uh, still uh, very valid. Mate, uh, another thing that, I, uh, you know, we reckon in terms of trying to avoid these sort of low um, gaining compounded companies is, is, you know, we just avoid investing in a poor business or, or one you know with un, untrustworthy management we've sort of talked a little bit about it but you know for us again this comes back to understanding it and going through filters um, and we can you know we talked about it briefly at the beginning of the show maybe you can go through it again just just some quick um you know some of our filters to help us to not invest in a poor business um yeah and i guess like these filters come back to the fundamentals it's like do you understand the business? If you don't, then how can you tell it's a good business? One. Two, if you do understand the business, is it a good business? Because you understand it, is it being run correctly by the you know good management team? Is it, does it have, <clears throat> pardon me, does it have a moat, you know? Um, and like I said earlier, and you do the same, like looking at the numbers, uh, is the sales growing? Is is the net income growing? Is, is cash, is equity growing? Does it have a good return on an equity? Like if these aren't, good or if they're not growing then you know numbers don't lie the data is real that is the most real part of it all and if it's not performing then is it a great business mm -hmm. yep and we obviously you know i think it's a good idea to have a look at your portfolio you know once or twice a year and, and put put your you know your eyes over it and, and check it out you know what what are we sitting on in terms of a, a you know return for that year and is it you know some years obviously will probably be worse than others, but is there something in our portfolio that's really dragging it down? And could they be one of these dud businesses that we we might want to offload? Hopefully we don't put them in the portfolio to start with through some of these de-risking things we've talked about today, but if they are in the portfolio. Yeah, you know. st stories change too. Um, and I like what you said there, you know, once or twice a year, not every single day, because if you don't, don't get stuck in that news cycle because FOMO will kick your ass. <laughs> yeah. yeah definitely the FOMO it's happening yeah um but yeah once once or twice a year I think it's a good idea just to put uh, your eyes over over your stocks and um have a bit of a read of the, the latest reports and check management and see if they're executing it, it, and that's that time frame too mate gives give, gives companies a chance to execute on their um 
plan that they've put forward to shareholders. Yep, for sure, for sure. And time, time is uh, time is friendly to good companies. Yep. You know, short term. Awesome, is it? Yeah. No, it's cool. Sorry, you go. No, I was gonna say short term. Short term can screw with anything, good or bad. But time is friendly to good companies. Awesome, and and uh, it's death to a mediocre company. Yes. <laughs> if you've got a mediocre company and you're you're running a mediocre company over time, it's just not going to look good. Now, they're the ones we were trying to avoid in our portfolios. Exactly. So that's a bit of a rundown, mate. Do you have any um, final uh, tips or any de-risking strategies that you would use that we have not covered today? Uh, I think the biggest de-risk is stick to the fundamentals. If you stick to the fundamentals, um, you can be pretty confident in your decisions moving forward. And having an investing, you know, having an investing group or partner as well, I think is a great way of um, bouncing ideas off and and you know, not going totally solo and rogue um, is a good way. You know, we bounce ideas off each other all the time. And I think it's a great way to to de-risk. Um, you know, because we're we're investing for the the long term here. If you make a critical mistake, that can um, obviously not be much fun. Definitely, I I really like that point. I like it's like a bit of a mastermind group. If you um if you have a lot of like-minded people and you can have these, um, you know, mature conversations, factual conversations, you can come up with some really good, uh, really good decisions, really good um, opinions moving forward. That's something we should look into. Like we should get a little group and, you know, have those chats about companies and stuff. It'd be really good. It's good to have someone like you might be pretty bullish on a company. It's good to have someone that can come in with a, you know, completely different or, or the reverse, um, you know the bearish case for a company i think that's a good way of um you know, bounce or well, having someone to do that so that's a good idea yeah, yeah well charlie Munger speaks of in, like story inversions you want to you want to rebut all of your points um and you want to be sure that you can win that conversation with yourself but hey if you want any kind of negativity on a company that you're liking just just jump on a forum yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyone's that you know of <laughs> <laughs> yep jump on hot copper mate that's where it's at hot. Oh, copper. <laughs> Sounds good. Oh, <laughs> uh, mate, good to have you back in Australia. Um, uh, good to be doing the podcast again this week with you. And um, yeah, if anyone has any questions on de-risking or, um, you know, sifting through the portfolio and, and sort of ascertaining, you know, are there any duds? Um, yeah, shout out us on social media or yeah. the email, which is legacy investing podcast at gmail.com it's just attention just attention nate yep good to go (laughs) yeah sounds good all right mate well um until next week i want to thank all the listeners again for tuning in and listening to the legacy investing podcast i'm nate and yeah we'll catch you again next week josh yeah thanks for your time man we'll uh chat then sounds good All information on the Legacy Investing Podcast is the opinions of the hosts and is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional financial, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of the Legacy Investing Podcast and any contributors to the podcast are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should consult a licensed financial professional.